0: kick and pop. We are here and ready. We're not back, we're here. And uh, we're we're about to break down this uh, crazy NBA season. My name is Zach Head. My name is Karthik
1: Raja, and we can't be back if we never left your hearts.
0: Exactly. Always been there, always will be. But yeah, basically, I think it's fair to say that this has been one of the most entertaining seasons of basketball that I've ever followed.
1: Definitely, this is hands down the craziest just statistical season of my life Of the NBA period It's one of the biggest Yeah I mean, Especially had, in the
0: modern era Yeah uh, As far as like pace And like things like that like, Just the amount yeah. of people scoring, and, and then, We broke the record For most players scoring Over 25 a game this season In the midst of like All these other records that are Being broken
1: Yeah In an era In the era since They stopped smoking cigarettes In halftime This is definitely The craziest season ever I mean craziest statistical season is,
0: Do you think this just continues Is this like a blip And it's gonna like
1: Return to the mean
0: Or is it Are, are we looking at the new normal
1: I don't think this level is the new normal. It's hard to say a, <clears throat> a guy averaging a 30-point triple-double might not win MVP because a guy who's a third seed who's dropping like 30 and 12 every night. So, like, so you
0: don't think this is the new normal? I
1: don't year. think it's going to fall like crazy far from this, but I don't think Russ and Harden's stat lines. Russ, I don't think he'll average a triple-double next year, but I also didn't think he'd average a triple-double next year. Uh, this year. See, I
0: kind of think this might be just the way things are in basketball now. I look at Giannis who just put up a r- ridiculous year, 22. Carl Towns, in finished season, putting up like 26 and like 13, 21. Like you have all of these crazy good players that are super young, Porzingis hasn't even really tapped
1: into his talent yet. Because of Derrick Rose um, and the uh, dysfunctional knickerbockers. Exactly,
0: and Jokic putting up some crazy like, passing statistics like there could be a season not far in the future where Jokic puts up averages eight assists per game from the center position, right? Like I think we're really at the precipice of just crazy statistical seasons. Um, you know, I look, I, I follow college basketball and, uh, even high school, like recruiting to a relatively closely. We have some guys coming up pretty much every season from here on out who are 6'10, 6'11, can handle the ball, can pass the ball. We haven't seen what Ben Simmons can do yet. If there was any guy coming into this year who like who will who will average a triple double, people might have said that it would have been Ben Simmons. Um and now next year the 2018 draft class, there's a guy named Michael Porter, who's basically Ben Simmons with a jump shot. Like you start going down the line, I think we're gonna see this for years and years and years now.
1: Yeah, yeah uh Speaking of Giannis, first player. First of all, he led his team in every major like five different statistical categories: points, rebounds, steals, blocks, assists, and his team is a playoff team. Like it's not bad number, a uh, good number is bad team. This kid is for real. First player to ever same age as me. We have the same birthday. That's awesome. It is.
0: It's cool. Also, Johnny Man- Johnny Manziel same
1: birthday, year old. Okay, it's a magical day. It is, yeah. And so, first player to average who who was in the top twenty, whenever you count like total points, not per game, but first player to average in, uh, to be in the top twenty in total points, rebounds, steals, blocks, assists. That's insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, we 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 were we were in awe that LeBron did that in the finals last year and now Giannis has basically just done this for a full season um we had a nuts. 70 point game by a 20 year old a 70 point game yeah you want to talk about more young guys that can just hoop <laughs> um no the season's been full of absolutely ridiculous numbers but it's safe to say the two guys that epitomize that are Russell Westbrook and James Harden who is your MVP
1: okay so the week that Russ closed out the Memphis game the Mavs game the 50 point triple double in Orlando and then the Nuggets the next week with the game winner and another 50 point triple was that 50 points no no it wasn't 50 points 40 probably 40 point triple double and the buzzer beating game winner
0: oh against the nuggets yeah yeah he got 50 with a the game? buzzer beater with the buzzer beater he hit 50
1: oh my god dude, this is incredible and so after that i was thinking like you know recency bias kicked in hardcore and i was like yeah Russell is my mvp Russells is my mvp then you know i had a little time to think and only a couple of days ago i flipped I think James Harden should be the MVP of this league. Why? First of all, if we look at the criteria that have mattered for MVPs, wins matter. Is your team a contender? That matters. Am I, uh, Are we really going to give the MVP? And obviously, I'd be okay with Russ winning the MVP and stuff like that, blah, 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 blah. But are we going to give the MVP to a guy we expect to get knocked out in the first round by the guy he would have beaten out by MVP, right? Like, what are we going to do? Give Russ the MVP and then watch him get swept by the Rockets or lose in five by the Rockets, where James Harden puts up 30 and 12 every game? And also, there's not a big difference in stats. We're talking about, like, three points, three rebounds. Yeah,
0: counting stats are basically the same.
1: Yeah. And so for me... I want to see my MVP win at least 50 games. I know that's an arbitrary number. So is a triple double. We live in this era of round numbers. That's how this works. I'm not, and it's like it's not like a huge deal breaker for me, but that that matters to me. Is your was your team one of the best teams in the league this year because of you? And yeah, Russ is averaging more better numbers. He's also using the usage rate at a crazy high rate, which you can look at as both a good thing and a bad thing. I also I just think it would be unfair to James Harden if all the things that we've held other MVPs up for and we just changed the standards on him right because he he could have had the Russell Westbrook argument during Steph Curry's first MVP year he's super valuable to that team they're not nearly as good he was putting up insane numbers but Steph took that it's it's unfair to him I think as far as the so I just oh one other one other note I think one of the things that's hurting James Harden a ton is Russ is more fun to watch I think James Harden is very robotic they run the same sets they shoot threes he you know he throws his neck back like he got shot whenever he drives to the rim and Russ has got the better narrative which I think does matter to a certain point as your narrative but I don't think it matters enough for this win difference and for the small number difference hold against him
0: so I'm going to disagree with you on two things before I launch into my argument because my MVP pick is Russ um Funny enough, two weeks ago, my MVP pick was Harden, and, and yours was Russell Westbrook, and we've swapped, each of us has swapped, which shows how close it is, and really, like, Harden wins it, he deserves it, right? Just as, like, I think Kawhi and LeBron,
1: if they were to win it, I wouldn't be that upset. I would be upset. Um, I would be upset if LeBron James won MVP. I would LeBron be LeBron James is always seat. the
0: best player in the NBA, and so... I don't think he had the best season. He's just inherently the most valuable player to have played in the league since Michael Jordan. Oh, and yeah, And because yeah. of that, like, I'm okay with LeBron, all, any, like, you will always look back and see a LeBron MVP and be like,
1: he probably deserved
0: it. Not um, this year.
1: I don't think this year. But, I would be upset because of the defense of the Cavs and but, how they collapsed. But
0: I digress. The two things I want to disagree with. I actually, I've watched a lot of Harden this year. I enjoy watching him. I didn't in the past. I think last year was a lot was, wasn't very fun to watch. But that team plays really fast. He's pretty crafty and he does a lot. He definitely still gets fouled a lot, but there's a lot less of the head getting, like looking like he's getting shot. He gets shot, head like cocking back. Um, he has a lot of like really nifty step backs. He has a lot of like just little nifty like dribble moves. It's fun. Not as fun as Russell Westbrook, not as much energy as Russell Westbrook, but I still enjoy it. Um, the second thing I take issue with is the fact that saying it's unfair to Harden for the Steph MVP season, the t- year when Harden had a really big year, Russ's numbers this year knock Harden's uh, numbers out of the water.
1: Yeah, but that was two years That ago. was like an example, but it's like right, that right, narrative, right, that, that that's standard of winning. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: But I'm just saying that I, I get that, but I think if you're saying you're looking at that standard, Steph's team also won a lot more games than Harden's, than Harden's current Rockets do. So the difference between teams was much bigger than, than I think we're saying that the current um, Thunder Rockets are. And the numbers are just crazy. And right, yeah, Harden is putting up equally crazy numbers as, as Russ. But this is where I'm going to come down and make a couple points. Narrative is huge, and I and I think it
1: actually is large enough to overcome the, the gap in wins. And Wait, wait, one second. Never forget, Derrick Rose won an MVP off narrative, and he's going to be the first MVP to never make the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, true. But, I mean, Russell Westbrook's going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, so, that's fair. <laughs>
1: But basically,
0: triple-double, sure, it's arbitrary, but it's really cool, right? It is super cool. And regardless of this arbitrary number, it doesn't even matter if it's 9 or 10. He is still putting up massive numbers every game. And yeah, there's an argument to be made that he could probably cool it off and get his other teammates involved more. But the fact is, like, at least... Two, maybe three of the starters on the, on the Thunder are almost completely defensive specialists. Harden, or th- th- basically this team was built around Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant scoring every bucket and the rest of the team just playing defense. And then Kevin Durant left and they didn't have time to rebuild that team. And that was an argument uh, Zach Lowe made um, in favor of Russell Westbrook. And I really do agree with that. So basically, he was completely tasked. This was Russell Westbrook's job. Score. Create their offense. Um, I think you you look at, basically, you take a Thunder team. Thunder and Rockets team without Harden or Westbrook. That Rockets team is okay. With Eric Gordon and and the rest of that crew, they probably win 30 to 40 games. But if you look at um, the Thunder, there's no way they win more than... um, 20, right? Like they're nobody easily, can create a shot. No one can create a shot. That team is awful. One of the three worst teams in the league. Um, and so the fact that ha- Russell has taken them this far, I think is a little more than the than the length that Harden has taken them. Um and then my final point is this it's still pretty marginal, but Russell Westbrook still is a little better in advanced statistics, including defense. Um he has a, a better defensive rating. He um
1: But he also his, plays with way better defenders That, that affects that's it.
0: Um his PER is higher. Um, which is mostly an offensive-oriented stat, which is affected by the fact that Russell Westbrook is essentially smashing into players. If you want to look at shooting percentages and stuff, it's tough for Russell Westbrook because he has no spacing. He is smashing into a team of five guys all packed in the paint and still scoring. Harden is more spacing than anybody in the league, except for maybe LeBron. Um, so I take all of those things into account, and it's so very close, but I think the way Russell Westbrook has played over this last month, while Harden has admittedly been playing through an injury, but that matters. This is a sixth of the season, and over over the sixth of the season, Russell Westbrook has definitively been better than Harden, and I think when you take that into account, the rest of their season was basically the same. And I give the edge to to Russell Westbrook.
1: And so, I mean, I think one thing you didn't really mention as much is Russell Westbrook's been the top scorer, fourth quarter scorer in the in the league, and he's also been the best in the last two minutes, (coughs) which is important. His clutch
0: statistics are out of the world this season. Yeah,
1: which is important, such but also Harden was in more blowouts, so he he didn't play. Yeah, and uh, I mean, my thing is if you and they did this on the Simmons show, and I disagree agreed with how they drafted, but if you it's like you take Russ and Harden out of there and you're just drafting the Thunder and Rockets rosters. So Steven Adams goes as the first pick, right? He's an incredible defensive player. You we we know after last year's playoffs, you can run pick and rolls with him, he can do stuff. And for some reason, Simmons put Ola over Eric Gordon. To me, Eric Gordon's no. hands down, you take him at least second. At least for this season. Yeah, yo, know, yeah. It's just it's if like you're just you looking at taking that
0: Gordon over him. I also, I also think you probably take Ryan Anderson pretty high up there. You take
1: I think you take Robertson Lul- higher than people would pick. Dude. He's you- so good good on defense.
0: He's so bad at shooting.
1: He is, but he's so good on defense. He is might have the worst jump shot of anybody. Also, I think the value of a lot of these players increased because of Harden, right? Because he made them better. Clint Capella, Harden could do so much more with Steven Adams than he can do with Clint Capella.
0: I don't know. They'd they'd fulfill essentially the same function. Capella is great at just bouncing and up and just dunking the ball. That's like the same thing they would do with Stephen Adams. I but that's what I'm saying. Him. Like
1: Russ didn't get any much like offense out of Stephen Adams outside a couple of dumps and stuff.
0: Yeah, but I mean that's how. Nah. What, what was he supposed to do? Because because that, also that's the, that the that pick and roll doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah, it's, you know spacing I mean? helps, right? If you're running a pick and roll with Adams, he can't just dive to the basket because Roberson, who's in the corner and is a total non-factor, his defender is checking down on on Adams who's rolling. So there's no one to throw the oop to, right? You put Harden on that team, he struggles similarly. to just get as many oops as like Clint Capella would you know I honestly think you've swapped the players they probably get the same amount of value out of each of their teams
1: yeah and I mean I, I think the biggest thing for me is can we really give MVP to a guy we expect to get knocked down in the first round in less than seven games
0: yeah but I think if you you know say we assume that the Rockets are going to beat the Thunder in five games yeah I think if we said oh hey guess what we just traded Russell West for James Harden and they they're
1: each on their respective teams we'd still probably be like yeah Rockets are going to win in five games yeah that's fair but it's I, I don't know if we'd say five games, but also it's the team is built for. Harden to get the stats and stuff, right? Like it's perfectly built for James Harden. And I game. think I think it's also just they play very similar games.
0: Russell Westbrook shoots a little more twos, but he probably wouldn't have to do that. Or a little more uh jump shots. Um, but he probably wouldn't have to do that given that he was on the uh
1: But I don't would you rocket. trust would you trust him to pass as much? He had Kevin he just, Durant.
0: He just he just he had averaged eleven Durant. assists per game.
1: Yeah, but we know what the kind of assist. Is. I mean there I'm not they're gonna kind discredit. of assists,
0: we no I'm his telling, guys he literally in order for the yeah, other guys he,
1: on his team to score, he, pack, he, he had like to, didn't <laughs>
0: give them the ball as they're like
1: at the basket. That was yeah, the yeah. only way they were going to yeah, score. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. But it's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to discredit a triple-double and stuff like that. I thought it was an awesome season. But, I mean, it's so fun. It, I mean, we're spending 15 minutes on this. we got to move on. So, I, I think I'm going to stick Harden just because I think it's unfair for him to take a team that was expected to be the same win total, around the same win total by Vegas as the Thunder and make them the, I would argue, they're the second most dangerous team in the league.
0: I would agree with that. I think that we're also, by using Vegas standards coming into the season, was ignoring a lot of factors that I think people forgot. People forgot that Eric Gordon was a former all-star who was just in a terrible situation for five years. This is the first time we've seen Eric Gordon healthy. He's still only 28, right? He's still in his, like, he's not but, as good as he would have been, but like, it's still like 85% of a, what was a top five shooting guard in the league. You know what I mean? Ryan Anderson is the best stretch four in the NBA. This doesn't work is Harden. one of the best. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. But unless you have Russell Westbrook, he's yeah. the
1: only other player that can yeah. do this. I mean, I just don't think it's fair if the guy won this much. He even said it himself. He's like, I thought winning matters. I thought winning was what's supposed to matter. Yeah, and that
0: that is, I think, the best argument for Harden, and that's why. It. I yeah. think it's fine to give it to Harden I think he deserves yeah. it also um, shout out to
1: my boy Kawhi you who to, got, a, you who got get, Zach Lowe's first place uh, MVP vote yeah
0: I mean Kawhi Leonard had a killer year. Too, he
1: doesn't even but. have my MVP vote. I love Kawhi. Like, I love Kawhi so much, but he doesn't have my MVP vote. Yeah, I don't care what stats Zach Lowe uses. Not this year.
0: Man, if only Anthony Davis's team would had been good too and made the playoffs because we talked about him a little bit in this uh, Dude. in the, in this conversation as well. His Anthony, numbers are crazy.
1: Anthony Davis has been playing with a bunch of guys on 10-day contracts.
0: That's what this is. Yeah, it's like DeMarcus Cousins and 10-day contracts.
1: It's like an expansion team that they built in the middle of the season where it's just like, we need to fill the roster. Honestly, you could probably build a big three league team like if you took the entire big three league that's going to start this summer yeah you could probably get a big a good enough mashup like if you gave him a year to get into shape i might take the big three league team plus anthony davis versus anthony davison
0: oh definitely yeah no, i would, of course I would much have... rather have old old alan iverson than anyone on the scene right now but that's, that's more I'm out of love holiday yeah
1: that's more out of love for Allen. yeah i mean ai is a legend yeah
0: you know i'd always take ai
1: Alright, so, we talked about MVP, let's talk about somebody who's not the most valuable player for his organization, Rob Hennigan, GM of the Orlando Magic, who finally, oh yeah, former GM, that's why we're talking about him, of the Orlando Magic, who got fired just yesterday, or today, no, yesterday, yeah, just yesterday, after what has been one of the most inexplicable five-year stretches by a GM in a while. Which,
0: the crazy thing is, so what what spurred this, this rebuild?
1: Trading Dwight Howard.
0: They won the Dwight Howard trade. I I thought they did too! Like, Vucevic has definitely been the most valuable player of all the main players traded since that trade Um, but they've had four years of drafts and they've basically just systematically screwed that up
1: well it's like they had they built
0: up talent and then they just gave away the talent Yeah, not signing not Tobias Harris when you knew the cap was going up the next season it was one of the more inexplicable moves that I think they've made.
1: I thought from, so usually, you know, being a GM is harder than it seems like. I remember because I did a thought experiment as the GM of the Grizzlies once with a friend and that turned out horribly wrong at one point. But the Tobias Harris trade was inexplicable at the time. You flipped a very good young player who was on an expiring contract who you could have re-signed. You flip him to Detroit for Brandon Jennings and Urson Ilyasova, neither of which who stayed on the team. Both. Of them were expiring and they left the next season.
0: So you gave away Tobias Harris for nothing. Right. Who's like a pretty good player now. Yes. Tobias Harris, like an 18 and 8 guy or 18 and 7 guy.
1: Yeah. And then what did they do after uh, another big trade they make after that? They give away Victor Oladipo, one of the more talented young players in the League, though at that time he was coming off the bench for, and Sabonis, bonus, their first for Ibaka. And For Ibaka. For Ibaka. I agreed with that trade. I thought it was an even trade. I thought the Thunders won the trade, but I didn't think it was insane. I thought Ibaka was being underused in Oklahoma and he could play better in, um, Orlando. What was inexplicable was them signing Diombo right after, as if yeah, they, on his magical whiteboard he said he saw the future as Congo big men.
0: Well, they they did that <laughs> while also understanding that their two best players they already had were already power forwards and centers, and let's just add two more power forwards and centers with a point guard that can't shoot. Yeah. It's- it, their team made no sense. He needed to be gone. I'm interested in seeing where they go from here. Also, their coaching, Frank Vogel. How do you just bury Mario Hazonia on
1: the bench for I, a full year? I actually like Frank Vogel as a I
0: like Frank Vogel too, but like, yeah, you spend you a top need five shooting. Pick, you, and you need shooting. This guy is like, probably just has no confidence right now because he's not been playing. <laughs> he must
1: be terrible in practices, right? That has to be it. He has know. to be terrible in practices. I really believed in, in Hazonia.
0: I love Hazonia.
1: I, I, did, he was I be just a star. I like his I personality. Was, I
0: thought he was going to be J.R. Smith.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, the white J.R. Which, like, that's
0: someone they need.
1: Yeah. And so then obviously they flipped Ibaka for some cost for Tobias uh, for Terrence Ross. But what was the straw that broke? What was the anvil that broke the camel's back, Zach? It was Orlando's whiteboard. So Orlando signed some like Argentinian guard who didn't matter as a free agent. And the guard's agent takes a picture of the guard signing the contract in front of a whiteboard that has all of Orlando's trade and free agency targets. Literally their entire game plan is written on this whiteboard and he posted it on Twitter. And before he po- obviously the internet took it. And ran with it before he could delete the tweet. Okay, first of all, that's a fireable offense if you're already if you have the track record that Hennigan does. What's worse than the fact the whiteboard was out there were the names on the whiteboard, Zach. Let yeah, me tell you bad. what the names are. They're pretty middling. No, they're not just middling. Who was a trade target of the Orlando Magic? Lou Dank. Who hasn't stepped onto an NBA court all year since the t- the Lakers have been tanking? Like since what the first three months of the season he's been on the bench. <laughs> And who else was on there? Chandler Parsons.
0: Yeah,
1: who's like pretty pretty
0: universally derided as like the worst contract in the NBA right now.
1: Who he, did he put together seventy minutes this season? No, like, throughout the entire season, he put together ten games. <laughs> yeah. And at like 12 minutes a game. Yeah. It was horrendous. And these are his goals. These are, if he had, a, if he won the offseason, he would have Lou Aldang and Chandler Parsons. Yeah. Also on there, Lance Stevenson, Derek Williams, and I kid you not, Tobias Harris.
0: Hey, sometimes you have buyer's regret. And you <laughs> just say, you know what,
1: we got to run it back. <laughs> you put uh... Tobias Harris on his goals. Yeah, that's definitely rough. Like, if you're in the owner and you see your GM write the name of somebody he just traded away for nothing as one of their targets, how do you not just walk out of the room? Well, that's what he metaphorically
0: did. He <laughs> fired Hennigan. Um, speaking of all of this, or not speaking of all this, there are teams that are uh, still, in, still in the running for um, for or still playing basketball
1: right now, not named the Magic. Do you want to dive in on it? It's that beautiful time of year. Our Christmas, our Hanukkah, our Kwanzaa, no, the NBA don't playoffs. Speak for me. Mine is the NBA draft. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, You're-
0: I do like NBA playoffs as well.
1: Yeah, no. The fact that the NBA draft is your Christmas is very, it's like the weird divergence of religion that ends up creating Scientology.
0: I mean, yeah, but I just love the NBA draft.
1: Okay, but um, so it's the playoffs. It's what every team plays for. This is the goal. So what we're going to do, oh, quick note before we get into playoffs. This is the first time in 46 years a coach hasn't been fired during the regular season. Shout out to Tom Ziller for that stat. 46 <laughs> years a coach hasn't been fired in the regular season. And that was something we looked at it at our preseason predictions. We were struggling to come up with one and we came up with
0: Hoiberg, arguably, it was very
1: close. Yeah, and so if Miritich had found God in a contract stretch yeah seriously Um, (laughs) all right so playoffs what we're running through is we're going to go through all the first round matchups but we're mainly going to focus on who has the most to gain who has the most to lose right so let's start it from the top warriors blazers go
0: yeah warriors blazers is probably the least interesting matchup for me overall um also preface this uh for me personally there's a theme that kind of applies to this whole playoffs and that theme is there are a lot of teams who are currently in the playoffs who are at a crossroads where their their outcome, not necessarily just pure outcome as far as like going on in the playoffs or advancing, but how they play, I think affects what this team does in the offseason going forward. And I count as many as 12 teams that are at a crossroads right now out of 16. There are that many teams who I think potentially, if it all goes wrong, could end up blowing up, uh, blowing up their team and really going in a different. So with that said, um, I think that's what really uh the the Blazers, that's what they have to lose. If they lo- if if they're unable to play really well, they look exposed on defense, which they're going to, um, they're gonna really have to look at trading one of McCollum or Lillard and really trying to get because those guys, their skill set is frankly, they're redundant. Um they're both really good. But potentially, I I think they need to look at um they may have to look at trading uh McCollum and really going in a different direction if 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 this series doesn't go well.
1: So that's your most to lose is the Blazers overall. Yes. Or McCollum.
0: The the Blazers. Okay. Their most to lose is just saying you know what we're on the wrong trajectory uh we're gonna have to blow it up. It wouldn't be
1: a problem if they didn't have the second highest payroll in the league.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is (laughs) tough. But and and that's why I think McCollum is probably the guy has to go. That does help them grease any trade. They could trade for a superstar because they have the contracts to make it work. Um, the most to gain. Uh, the Warriors and just the idea of cohesiveness. Um, if the Warriors blow the Blazers out, as I expect them to, um, that could really get them rolling. get Kevin Durant really integrated and really just set them off to just uh, set them up to just blow through the rest of the playoffs.
1: I would say the most to gain for me is actually Lillard. This is a guy who feels, and maybe rightfully so, that he's not getting the same respect as people that he feels he's either better or equal to. He's been putting up insane numbers since the uh, All-Star break, which he got snubbed from in his eyes. And, I mean, you could argue he did. He's been putting up great numbers. Uh, this is a chance for him to show out, right? A lot of point guards don't like Steph. They, th- they feel like he got way too much love too quickly. Lilith's probably one of them. This is time for him to really take over, maybe win a couple games, really show that like the franchise is on a good track. I don't think they're going to win, but it's a chance for him to shine.
0: What would you call a successful series for the Blazers?
1: Blazers in six, bro. I don't know if you heard wait, Damian a
0: let's Let's call it a... I did hear that. Let's <laughs> call it a, what is a successful, <laughs> realistic series?
1: Blazers in five. I mean... Dubs in five. Dubs in five. Dubs in five. Play close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a great season. If you come in as the eighth seed and you're going into the Warriors and you pull a game on them and you keep the rest of them close, yeah, that's a huge. Win. I
0: agree. I agree.
1: And then most to lose, I actually have Kevin Durant. Then why? I think he came here to win a championship. The Warriors have been slightly shady in the playoffs the last two years. Obviously, they won a championship. They went seven games in the other, so it's hard to say that. But they haven't been as invincible in the playoffs as they have been in the regular season, which is to be expected to a certain extent. We saw that with 2012 Heat once and stuff like that. But Durant left OKC, took on the villain role, got destroyed by, his, uh, by his, that, that city. He went to the team that beat him. And if they come out the gate struggling against the Blazers, that could be a problem for future cohesiveness for the rest of the playoffs.
0: I okay. agree. The idea of cohesiveness, then, is what is to be gained or lost in this, uh, in this series. All right. Who's next? Should
1: we run with San Antonio, Memphis? No, let's go to San Antonio, Memphis.
0: Um, I think for me, um, it's again that what what what's to be lost here. The Grizzlies are basically at the end of their rope. How much longer can you really keep trotting out the quartet of Conley, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, Marc Gasol? Um, I think there's really I don't, I don't even know if the, I would call this a loss. I just see this series as um, the, the Grizzlies' swan song before they just blow it up and really try to rebuild this off season. If I were them, you know, maybe you could try to do a quick rebuild around Mike Conley and like get a couple other pieces around him and go for like chemistry team. But I I don't know this team. There there's a loss of direct a lack of direction to them. Um, as far as gaining, there's two players in this series who I think stand to gain a lot. What, what two players do you think those are?
1: Kawhi? No. Role players. Oh, role players? Patty Mills? No. Okay. You, you aren't going to get it then. Okay. Dwayne Dedman and Jamichael Green oh dude hey shout out to he was my NBA all hipster team you remember at the very beginning of the yeah. year? yeah that was the first time anybody had ever talked about Jermichael Green for it the most part we
0: talked about him way too much yeah way um, too much and, and we're doing been, it again he's been solid yeah he, he's pretty good they're both pretty good defensive players I
1: love Dwayne, Dwayne Denman Jermichael Green the way.
0: can uh can shoot the ball a little bit so he's he's a valuable like, he can shoot the ball and he's athletic so he's he getting money need, he's definitely he's uh, paying. if you need to fill it in power forward in today's NBA Jermichael Green's a great one and same with Dwayne Denman he, uh, he's a sinner who rolls to the basket protects the rim, dunks, and he just fulfills the roles. Both could have a big series. Both could, like, basically. Us- they- Deadman could usurp Palgasol permanently as, like, the center of the Spurs future.
1: Well, I mean, I think he is already right and now. He very mo-
0: He's very well. He's the starting center. But both of these guys stand to get paid, and that's what they have to gain in this series.
1: That's a great point, and that's probably better than my guys. I said most to gain Mike Conley. I thought this was a chance for, it, like you said, a swan song, but I saw it in the other way. It was like, this is my last, you know, hurrah. Let yeah. me enjoy it. <laughs> and let me show out. This is my best career year. So I saw that the glass is half full on my side for Mike go. Conley. And then, most to lose, I feel like Lamarcus. He hasn't been himself this season, I, and he's definitely had a bigger drop. And is this the new normal? Last playoffs, he destroyed OKC. He was dropping 40 points a game like the first four games of that series. Can we see that again this season? If Lamarcus only
0: can't... It, I mean, last year he had a couple 40-point game, 40, 40 games. If he can't muster that this year, if you're the Spurs, you just have total buyer's regret for Lamarcus Aldridge. I
1: don't... I mean, I, I don't see that buyer's I think, regret. I, think I don't everyone, see it as, He's been bad saw enough. Everyone
0: Aldridge as a guy... Or at least I saw Aldridge as a guy that was going to really be good for a long time as he aged. I thought he was going to age really well because I, I thought the, he was going to really try and turn his game into like poor man's Dirk for in where Dirk was effective through his like till he was 35 mm -hmm. 36. I really thought LaMarcus Aldridge who does a lot of the same kind of moves plays the same areas of the floor as Dirk was really going to build his game like that but he hasn't I mean he might have been injured he might not have been just as good this year but
1: he's been better since the hard thing got fixed actually I will say that yeah and but I mean the Spurs if LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't have another gear I just don't feel like the Spurs have more horsepower than the Rockets even. No. I, I, It feels like they've maxed out where they are unless well, LaMarcus can, does yeah, something. Unless
0: he can like tap into like that next level, I agree.
1: Yeah. All right. So what's next? The big series, the, the star makers, Houston versus Oklahoma City, Harden versus Russ, the Beard versus the Terminator.
0: Who, who has the most to
1: gain in this series? Oh, easy Russ. Russ? We're going into this expecting maybe a four or five game series with Houston to win. If he just goes off and they, if they take the six, like when low expectations are there... You have a lot more to win, especially whenever you, you might possibly be the MVP. You might possibly have been snubbed from the MVP because of the stupid thing where we're now announcing MVP at the end of the season, after the finals. You know why this is stupid, Zach? It means we don't get the MVP vengeance games. Right. The Hakeem on David Robinson. I love the Admiral, by the way. The LeBron on Rose. The Jordan on Malone. There's something about that snub that just gets guys going. I agree.
0: What, I looked at this as a, um, as a, a largely positive thing too. Too. We get to settle the MVP. This is for us. This series is for the people. We get to settle the MVP debate. Wait, we so we'll see who outplays the other one.
1: So just individually, right? We're not talking about series wins and stuff. No, uh, yeah. I just I just want to see
0: who's who who's better. Just give me Harden versus Russ matched up. I mean, even though Beverly's gonna guard Russ Westbrook and Oladipo or Roberson will guard Harden. But let me see what they do against each other for a full series, whether that's four games or seven games, and uh settle the MVP debate.
1: I will say this Russ getting snubbed from MVP would create an incredible revenge season right
0: well yeah you're gonna get I mean both of them are gonna come back and probably do this same thing next year yeah which speaks to what I think there is to be lost in this series both these teams play really high octane both of these guys have played against each other are friends have known each other they're played gonna be with each, each other, other. yeah they're going to be at each other's throats this whole series. And I worry that we might potentially see some injuries. Ah,
1: I think it'll be fine unless Patrick Beverly torpedoes Russell Westbrook's knee. That's the only which, time Wes has, has ev- happened. Which has happened. It's the only time he's ever gotten injured in his entire basketball playing career since high school. Was Patrick Beverly just going human torpedo to his knee?
0: Yeah. So I'm a little worried about yeah. that.
1: Oh, but... and then most of the lose, I put James Harden because obviously he's the favorite team. He's going against a guy who's competing for MVP.
0: Makes a lot of sense.
1: All right. So obviously that's the big star matchup. Let's talk about my favorite series in the first round besides Houston OK, even more than Houston OKC okay, in certain senses because I imagine this to be a close series Los Angeles Clippers versus Utah Jazz I think
0: that most to win most to lose I think these teams I think the Clippers have the most to win and the most to lose Um just because they've been probably the most their, their team over the last like what four years since Chris Paul has been there has been all over the map they've never made it past the second round they've just been one of the most hated teams in the league and everyone's been saying "How how long is this going to keep going right so I Look at the Clippers, and I say, if they can really put away the Jazz, that can kind of maybe prove some doubters wrong and really show that, like, Chris Paul, Blank, Triandre, that trio can, like, win you a series. Those I'm so
1: are, done with this trio. They have, you have
0: three all NBA players.
1: I, I'm so done three with this trio. Three all NBA players. It's just not working.
0: I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the, the, again, this is where I think teams at a crossroads. Both of these teams may very well end up having to blow their team up at the end of this season.
1: Yeah. And so that's why, actually, I started with Chris Paul is most to gain and the entire Utah Jazz is most to lose. But you can just as easily flip that. Yeah. So for Chris Paul, you know he, he gets to keep going with this team. The Clippers, even though they haven't played well, they have the talent to hang with anybody. They just don't play, except for the Warriors. The Warriors just beat the hell out of them. Yeah, they don't. They're a bad matchup for the Warriors. Well, I mean, it's it, it makes sense. Like talent wise, the Clippers should hang with them. It's just the Warriors just mentally beat the crap out of them, and it's over. And so uh Chris Paul, I put to most gain, and to lose, I put Utah because Gordon Hayward is entering free agency. George
0: Hill is entering free. agency
1: George Hill is entering free agency.
0: They have a lot of young guys who need. Contracts too. Who are you going to pay?
1: Yeah, but I think those two, specifically Gordon Hayward, is what everything changes on. Gordon Hayward symbolizes everything they've been working for on this rebuild since the Darren Williams trade. All this young talent they've been building. They've been developing it slowly, focusing on defense. Quinn Snyder was a great coaching hire. They built this culture. And Gordon Hayward has said his number one thing is he wants to win championships. Who's the number one seed in the East and his ex-college coach, Brad Stevens, and the Boston Celtics? Yeah. That's hanging there. They know if they want to wing. That's hanging right there. If they don't sign Isaiah, that, they that, could throw money at
0: him. I mean, I think that's why um, they could still sign Isaiah and Hayward.
1: The, then you just shed a ton of contracts.
0: <laughs> they don't yeah. even have to do that. I mean, they can sign Isaiah under Bird rights. Um and get him over the cap um you're just super capped out.
1: or you can even wait um, out Isaiah one more year because he's not a free agent this year you can just yeah
0: you yeah can, you can fit them both in I mean that's why I think that's why Boston didn't pull off a trade this year because they said we can make this trade in the offseason but let's try and get Gordon first and then see if we can keep these draft picks
1: yeah Gordon um, Gordon is the heart of everything you've been working for for like the last five years and that, and also George Hill Gordon Hayward they share the same trainer in Indiana. So rumor has it, George Hill's waiting for Gordon to decide. Because he's not going to stay in Utah if Gordon's out. You know where he's going to go? My boys, San Antonio. Oh, yeah. I I'd mean, love to see.
0: He he should go back there. That was where his career started. Um, But yeah, so this, this series, I just think, has the most riding on it, really, of any series.
1: I agree. I think there's the most to lose for both teams. Because the Clippers, this is their last chance. Though it wouldn't surprise me if Doc Rivers, out of stubbornness, is like, let's just run it again. It's been like six years, seven years at this point. Let's just run it again.
0: Man, uh, how will we look at these teams? I, I think historically the Clippers are going to be one of the more interesting teams because um, we're probably going to end up with three Hall of Famers. Uh, and how will we look back at that? Um, All right, let's hop over to the East. Let's look at the East. Let's start with the Bulls and Celtics. Who's the most to gain? Who's the most to lose? All
1: right, so most to gain, I put Isaiah Thomas. The Celtics have yet to win a first uh, a playoff series under Brad Stevens. Yeah, there's a lot of love. This is this year that they have to win. If they can't win a playoff series as the one seed, then Isaiah is trying to prove that hey, it doesn't matter if you guys draft a point guard with this Brooklyn pick, I'm your guy. Yeah. And so this is where he earns that money. He said they're going to back the Brinks up truck for him. This is where you get them to back it up. And then most of lose, Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg, I think <laughs> his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's one thing to make the playoffs and that if he hadn't made it, then he's definitely fired. But if you get swept bad, what's the difference at that point? You It's because you won one, you beat the Brooklyn Nets on the last game of the season to clinch a playoff season. Does that really save your job?
0: I think I, I 100% agree with you. I do the exact same thing. Celtics have the most again game. They have a lot to proof as far as the team and team identity. I think the most to lose is Boston as a franchise, or excuse me, Chicago as a franchise, because if they lose pretty badly, maybe you're seeing Jimmy Butler gone.
1: Dude, here's the thing. How does the guard foreman, John Paxson, think how are their jobs safe? It's literally the ownership said, yeah, they're safe. They're coming back. They're good to go. Why? What about the moves they have done have given them job security? And the fact that they're safe means Horberg (laughs) is even hotter because they have to point the finger at somebody. It's going to be Fred Horberg. It's not going to be them signing no shooters during the off season well, with all the cap space they have
0: all tied <laughs> yeah. up in Rondo and Dwayne Wade
1: yeah though I will say this Rondo has been fun and also keep an eye out for the Thursday night TNT Bulls they've been undefeated in like the last five seasons or something like that it's crazy for some reason Thursday nights TNT they're insane I'd love to see the clinching game be played On a Thursday night in TNT, the Watson Bulls pull it out of their butt. All right, so that's a boring series. I don't plan on watching it unless crazy things happen. Chicago is one of my least favorite teams to watch this year. All right. Cleveland, Indiana, they just gave us a double overtime game near the end of the season, which LeBron put up a 40-point triple-double, and George was like, two, Paul George was like <coughs> two rebounds away from a 40-point triple-double. This could be fun.
0: I think Paul George definitely has the most to gain in this series. Um, we are talking about Paul George just three seasons ago, probably, as potentially the third best player in the league. Um, you know, definitely a top five guy. And now probably most people have him closer to the bottom 10. No, I don't know if anyone's really looking at him as like a guy you build a championship team around right now, or as a 1A necessarily, um, and I think this is his opportunity to prove it. He's been killing it over the last month, and I think he, he could take this in the playoffs. Um, Paul George might be the hottest player in the NBA right now, and that's going to be fascinating to watch him go up against this whole Cavs team, which might be like one of the coldest teams in the NBA right now. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, when you blow a 25-point lead, fourth-quarter lead, to the Atlanta Hawks when you're trying to win the game, they openly were trying to win the play. They were playing all the starters, they right. were playing them out. LeBron played like 50 minutes for Unreal that LeBron just led the league <laughs> good minutes at 32. Why are they doing this? Just take a three seed. Yeah. It's, it's At not this worth point, it. it's like the same thing. Um, that said... <laughs> no, but, I will say not... Yeah, actually, yeah. That would work. Yeah, three seed. Uh,
0: the most to lose, I think, are Kyrie and Kevin Love together. Because if the Cavs look really bad and limp into the second round and potentially get beaten by Wizards or whoever they'd play... They would um, play
1: Toronto. Toronto,
0: get potentially beaten by Toronto, which is a little dangerous. Yeah. You're looking at one of those guys has to take the hit, right? And so these two guys' reputation, like they're—I think—if Cavs play bad and don't make the championship this year, you're looking at a lot of think pieces this off season just tearing Kyrie apart. A lot of people saying Kevin Love isn't a very good player. And both of these guys have a lot of their reputation at stake.
1: Okay, so most to lose, I put LeBron. You're running out of time in your career. You're chasing Michael Jordan. It's an open chase. You've never gotten knocked down the first round. This is your chance. Like, if you get knocked down the first round here, that's devastating. Yeah, I mean, that's devastating. Especially if you would led the league in minutes. There's only so many times you can keep doing this, these deep playoff runs and stuff like that. That would be devastating. So, obviously, LeBron James, when you're trying to become the greatest player of all time... You have the most to lose every time. Most to gain, the entire Indiana Pacers franchise. Paul George has said that winning championships is going to be his number one priority. And he's not a free agent this year, but he's a free agent next year. And it's open knowledge that he really loves LA. He's from the LA area. Lakers were his favorite team. Lakers have the assets to pull off trades. If you can upset, or even, even if you don't upset, if you push the Cavs six or seven games, Paul George has to be looking around like, hey, we have something here. Maybe some tweaks here and there. We kick Mon- we lock Monte Ellis out of the facilities and we're good to go. And the Miles Turner, like, Miles Turner is just going to keep getting better and better. They've done a great job overall, like, drafting. Mm -hmm. Larry Bird is a legend. He's been this coach, this stability there. I think uh, Indiana has the most to gain. And obviously, if they lose the first round, then they also possibly lose their franchise player. So, yeah, that's that's how this goes Again,
0: teams that are at a crossroads.
1: Now, this is one of my favorite series of the entire playoffs first round. Toronto versus Milwaukee. Most to gain, most to lose. Um, I think most to gain. is Giannis
0: because he honestly, Giannis probably has the least to lose of any superstar in this whole playoffs. Bucks could get swept, Giannis could play poorly, and people be like, you know what? He's learning. He's 22, he has had one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a 22 year old. Don't worry about it. But he could come into this series and be put up. He could average a triple double, which I think is totally within the realm of possibility. And he could take, even he could take the. Sorry, tell you guys, Giannis could come out and just absolutely just tear this game apart. It doesn't matter how far they go. They could go six games, five games, and he's still putting up those numbers. People are going to be talking about how good a Giannis is, and he could shoot up people's list of best players in the league. You know that, and that that turns into straight monetary values, jersey sales, um, marketing opportunities, things like that. And this could, you know, a lot of people probably haven't watched a Bucks game this year. And all of a sudden, like, you're on the national stage and you're showing out like this. Huge opportunity for Giannis.
1: I agree. I have Giannis as my most to gain as well. He's mm-hmm. young. It's just a chance to showcase his stuff. Actually, my dad calls Giannis AK just because it's easier to pronounce than Atetokounmpo mm-hmm. or Giannis.
0: What does that stand for? Atetokounmpo? Yeah, Atetokounmpo. Okay. He's just like, <laughs>
1: I, he just calls him AK. That's I, interesting. funny. <laughs> yeah. And so he's been impressed. I showed him a couple of games. I don't think, obviously, Milwaukee's been league pass team of the year, but obviously, and the league pass is only something more hardcore NBA fans have. So definitely most of the game. Most of lose, I put Kyle Lowry. He's This is part of his final stretch of his career, right? It's a peak contention. Maybe this year and maybe two more years from now. That's about it for his career. This is the best this Toronto team has ever looked. Masai Ujiri picking up P.J. Tucker for a song and Serge Ibaka was incredible. Great signings. P.J. Tucker is going to start a fight. He's too real. That's why he wears the number two, Zach. He's too real. <laughs> he almost lit up Lance Stevenson for throwing up a layup whenever the Pacers won. We're already winning the game, and the time was running out. And so he's going to get on Giannis. This is the best Toronto team by far, and I also think this is the most legitimate challenge to LeBron since he came to Cleveland in the, in the East. East. In the East, I agree. this is a re- whenever Ibaka and PJ Tucker are out on the floor, they're the best defense in the league. Yeah, obviously it's limited minutes compared to a lot of these Jazz lineups that have had way bigger line, uh, more minutes. But they have something magical here. Cavs are limping. It's it's a danger. This is most vulnerable the Cavs have looked.
0: I agree, and that that's looking. Past the Bucks a little bit, um,
1: I think they're. Oh, are, I, I still think the Bucks could take it five or six. Yeah,
0: Bucks. Bucks could give them some problems. I agree. Most to lose. Um, this team, I, I see them beating the Bucks kind of across, almost no matter what. Not no matter what, but in most situ- most situations. Um, but if they don't beat them with much momentum, they they're, they could if they limp into this Cavs series without much confidence. Uh, this could be the end of the Kyle Lowry, DeRozan. They've flirted with the, like dis- like destroying this team several times.
1: Yeah, for so sure.
0: Maybe this is the final year that they finally hit the self-destruct button
1: and I mean last year they were the Pacers took them seven games in the first round it's not like the Raptors have a been incredible. Pacers, yeah it's not like the Raptors have been incredible Lowry last playoffs he had some really bad games so but this is their best shot I think this is honestly their best shot you're catching the Cavs on a possible uh Championship hangover. Boston's not invincible. They are just a really good regular season yeah, and, and team. And
0: honestly, um, Toronto matches up pretty well with Boston.
1: Yeah, where are you going to stick Isaiah Thomas?
0: Yeah, DeRozan or IT, on a step or, stool? Or that's what you're
1: going to do. You're going to stick him on a step stool around the three point line and you're just going to wave his. Hands. Although
0: Kyle Lowry is probably one of the shorter elite point guards in the league, but he could bully
1: the hell out of Isaiah. He's big. He's strong. He is strong, strong. strong,
0: but Isaiah is stronger than I think we give him credit
1: for. He's like 180 pounds. Yeah. And like
0: he's 5'9", 180 That's is pretty he big. really. Yes. Oh my God.
1: Oh, okay, but that's definitely. If you're not sure what series to watch, that's one you want to keep your eye out on. And it's a great chance to see DeMar DeRozan if you haven't watched him. He's been incredible this season. And so on to our last series. The last series, the Washington Atlanta series. This is fitting. This is probably gonna be the most this is the NBA TV team. (laughs) Of the last 12 seasons, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, no one's wanted to watch the Hawks over the last few years. But guess what?
0: They have the most to gain because we're about to see a new era of Atlanta basketball. They're ex- The Hawks are one of the most underrated teams to watch in the league. They're exciting. Their guards are all fast and quick. Their bench is like pretty pretty athletic. Um, Paul Millsap does nifty things. Dwight Howard isn't very fun to watch, but still occasionally gets big dunks and big blocks. Um, this team has a little bit of, I, they don't have a lot of chemistry, but I can see them putting it together and like pushing the Wizards more than I think most people probably anticipate. Okay. Most to gain? Um, most to lose? Um, most to lose is this everyone just realizes Us. that the Wizards are entirely fake. Oh, you don't think the
1: viewers? You don't think the viewers have the most to lose? No. Okay. I think because we, we, we won't, be watching. We, we we won't assume, be watching. we assume there
0: won't be much. And then and you watch and you're like, wow, like yeah. Atlanta's pretty fun to watch. Okay. All right. So for me. They have the poor man's John Wall Bradley Beal with
1: Schroeder and Tim
0: Hardaway. Plus Paul Millsap. That's not even poor. That's like no, it's starvation
1: like, in a gutter no, poor. They're both
0: like, they're like 23.
1: Yeah. But we're talking about this year.
0: Yeah. But I'm just saying, watch the birth. <laughs> Watch them hatch. <laughs> Watch, the bird, Watch the them hatch.
1: The little ha- the little baby birds. Uh, I my most to game was a guy who's about to get some serious cash. Otto Porter. He really had a big year this year. Stepped up in his development. Scott Brooks has been incredible for him and Kelly Oubre. If he turns it on this playoffs, the Washington Wizards are already dangerous. I could see them pushing the Boston Celtics in round two pretty hard.
0: Oh, for sure. But yeah. also
1: a bad matchup for the um for the Cavs. Yeah, they they played the strong really backcourt. Well. I
0: think are going to be the weakness for the Cavs because they're they're just going to get so they're going get into the paint so often that the Cavs aren't going to be able to stop it.
1: Okay, here's my thing. We've been like talking about how vulnerable the Cavs are, which they are, but I, I'm i not going to not trust LeBron James.
0: Yeah, you, you don't m- bet against LeBron You James. make
1: the final six years in a row. You just don't you get bet my. You get my James. benefit of doubt, especially the first year he came to Cleveland. They were not a great defense going into playoffs, and then it looked like they were just going to have to outscore everybody. They were one of the best offenses. And then what happened is Ty Lue took over the defense in the playoffs, and randomly they became the best defense in the playoffs by far. Maybe they have that switch again this year. It's possible Okay, but back to Washington. I think they have a really fun team, and I think Otto Porter is the biggest X factor for this team. And then most to lose, I put... Who did I put? Who are they playing? Oh, Atlanta. Yeah, I put Dwight, just because he <laughs> Can always he gets blamed. lose bl- anymore? No, that's what I'm saying. He always gets blamed for everything. And at this point, it's not even his fault if they lose. They're expected to lose, and I bet you he'll get blamed. He I, I, will, I will also say the city of Atlanta might take the L on this one after the Super Bowl. They've caught enough Ls. They can't take another.
0: Yeah, but they're supposed to. You know what I mean? It's hard for Atlanta. I think this... They have they, rap. They'll I think be it, fine. I think Atlanta can't lose in this series.
1: That's what I'm at. There's nothing. Like, the, Atlanta that. loses,
0: they're, they're young. They're young and they're they're cool. We have good young guys.
1: Nah, it's... I don't like watching Atlanta. The shooter can it get shot. some buckets. Give it a shot. That mm, if, no, if you're I'll, listening I'll, to this and you have, you're have you like, hmm, I don't know, give don't, it a shot. Don't do it. Just watch Toronto, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Indiana, uh, Houston, OKC, Los Angeles, Utah. Those are our series to watch. And, and the, Atlanta, Atlanta uh, Wizards. No, because you require NBA TV to watch those games. Rightfully so. Just piano set. Me, yeah. All right, well, this was hella fun. Playoffs are ready to go. I'm excited. Do you, you realize that LeBron makes the finals? at seven years in a row. Maybe. I hope so. But maybe, maybe. All right, well, it's great to have you guys with us. My name is Gartha Garaja. I'm Zach If you like what you hear, thanks for picking us. Hop over to I'm iTunes trying. and hit subscribe. Good night. God bless you. God knows it. You're my And protected, I was chosen